to the Michael and Channing Show. Hello, hello, like hello. A game show host. <laughs> I'm that trying is, my Price is Right. That was very game my, show uh, host of you, Channing. Like Drew Carey, I'm coming for you <laughs> in your, your spot. It's going to be great. Well, hey, we have been gone for, what has it been, four weeks? Four weeks. We're sorry. Y'all, y'all thought y'all were, you thought we'd disappeared, but we have not. Nope, nope. Uh, but we are glad to be back with you, and uh, we've missed you. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, be sure to subscribe uh, so that uh, if we miss four weeks again, you'll know about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, we also have a couple social profiles that you can follow on Instagram. We've got Facebook page and group uh, that's got some awesome ways for you to uh, stay connected with us through some polls and, and some things. And then you can also go on Spotify and follow our Ooh Ooh Have You Heard playlist. Yes, and it is the most eclectic and fun playlist you will ever find. Oh man, from bluegrass to R&B to worship to... <laughs> Maybe there's not been rap there's yet. Not, there's been no rap, rap yet. No yeah, rap. So, dude, I am super excited about today because joining us from the top, mm. we have a, a a very good dude and a become a dear friend. Mr. Steve Fee is with us today. Yeah. Hey guys. Hello. Studio audience clap. <laughs> I'm it. glad you said yes to joining us, man. Hey, yeah. man, I say yes to just about everything these <laughs> well, days. Well, you just want to get out of the house <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah, you're we, like, you, okay. would you like to, you know, whatever. Before the, before the COVID shaming starts, mm-hmm. we came out of lockdown, what, last Friday? So we're, we're, we're technically okay to be sitting almost six feet apart I'm from each other. I'm basically still in lockdown. We're six feet. <laughs> we're six feet. We're basically, yes. But we're, dude, glad you got out of the house. and Absolutely, man. This hang is great. Out, so. It's going to be fun. He did sit down and he's like, so what are we doing? <laughs> so... I'm out in him now. He hasn't listened to one of these episodes. I'm I'm betting you're going to listen it's to your it now. episode. Yeah, you're on it. I make it a habit to not listen to myself, <laughs> no matter what I do. Oh, you're going to be out of luck today because, well, one, he's going to, we're going to have a great conversation today yeah, about bending genres mm. and what that looks like and what that takes and uh, maybe how that's kind of played out for all of us around the table. But uh, we actually are doing something a little different today because I added a microphone and we might, if we're lucky, yeah. if we're lucky, we might talk Steve into doing a couple of verse courses for us. And uh, yikes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and if you, yikes in advance, if you call now, Steve will come to your house <laughs> and play for you this week. No, yes. If, if we were technically live, you could call and request. <laughs> He's so Don't sick of right being now. just by himself. He actually may say yes to that as well. Uh, uh, that's great. Well, but before we go uh, any further with that, why don't we just, we've got a couple segments that oh, our best, are our fan I, favorites. Here you go. All the time. You're going to handle this one today. I am. I'm just happy to be here for this. This is fun to just watch. <laughs> this is great. Uh, uh, yeah, Steve, this is just totally off the cuff, and we have a little bit of a... <laughs> thing we do uh, but we don't follow it it's all right we just laugh well the entire time. it's every time it's his favorite new segment it's, it's fan favorite it's not mine i mean it's just it's, it's the tens and tens of people voting. Yeah. yes okay tens and tens well today's fan favorite is this day in music history and this is a good one right. may 4th okay which uh this is coming from our good friends that we haven't met yet <laughs> on on this day.com so we don't get sued that's it yes they're awesome thanks for supplying all of the research <laughs> that we didn't have to do uh 1959 okay may 4th uh was the very first grammy award show. Yeah. 
Very nice. And your big winners from that night, Perry Como and Ella Fitzgerald. Wow. Oh, fitting. Isn't that interesting? That's great. Mm, I'd love to go back. That'd be great. Uh, so now that, that you have stuff. been informed, you can share that at your dinner table or, you know, <laughs> Wait, if you want to one up. What year was that? 1959. Okay. Great year. Oh, wow. Fitzgerald. One of my heroes. There's I, not, not another voice like it. I wonder what song it, she won with. Or if they were just like, you're great, here's a, here's a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you. Uh, she would be good enough for that, for sure. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Hey. That's awesome. This day in music history. On to the next fan favorite. <laughs> uh, and this one. I know y'all have missed it for this a whole has been, month. Now. Yeah. You've, you've missed it. You've just been you've been dying mm-hmm. for the next ooh, ooh. And I hope that have probably by this point, they've listened to all of the songs on Spotify. You've had oh, definitely a have. month to listen to definitely they have. all of the uh, there's just so many. Uh, it's time for ooh, ooh, have you heard? And so, Michael, why don't you go first? Oh, do I have to? You get to go first. I went first last time. Okay, all right. Well, then fine. <laughs> I'll go first. That's great. Okay. Uh, mine is apparently, so we talk about this a little bit before we actually go live. And I thought I had brought one that was going to do some serious stumping this week. Uh, but apparently not. But my ooh, ooh, have you heard? Is the Swedish trio <laughs> Dirty Loops? Dirty, Dirty Loops. Loops that you just found out via Steve's encyclopedic knowledge of all things music that they've been around for what? I a long freaking time. <laughs> I don't know. That's the that's the most exact you heard answer I got. But it was it's been a long like like longer than okay. This says two thousand eight. So okay. that's. Math. 12. A quick math, 13. <laughs> 12, 12 years. It's a, well, it's, no, it's they came 10. on the scene at 2000. I bet, the, I'll bet they were like together. They, yeah. So what, and what's cool is what I read about them. They're all studio session guys mm-hmm. that were like, we're so good. Why are we not doing our own thing? Pretty much, yeah. And, and they just make all the rest of us look like fools for the last decade. 100%. Like, there's one, when I heard this, I, okay, I understand. The song is Next to You. By Dirty Loops, and, and you'll hear it in just a second. Uh, I wish we could play the entire eight-minute track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so do they. <laughs> but their notes per minute is yeah. through the yeah. roof. Like, whatever, whoever, like, like figures that out, like, like we, they win. You need, to design, you need to design more. that app that just, like, notes per, notes per minute. Notes yeah. per minute. <laughs> I know some musicians I've fired who would, like, write really high on that app. Like, you go back to bands like Rush or Dream Theater, and it's like, um, it's a high-ranking, yeah, that's pretty great. Yes. Yeah. All right, so Dirty Loops. Dirty Loops, next to you was immediately where I listened to it the first time and I thought to myself, I should just go work at Walmart. <laughs> you know, like, I, I just need to just stop all of the music endeavors because it's it's ridiculous. So, uh, here is uh, just, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, it's an eight-minute track, so 15 seconds is not enough. Well, but even in 15 I'm seconds. I'm going to run out of bumper when I, right, you know. When you do. So, just, here you go. Here's 15 seconds. Dirty loops. It's dirty. 
It's stanky. It's what it is. It's going to make all you do one things. of two things. You're going to, like you said, Don't quit. drive while you listen to it. That's for sure. But I would say, even though it was 15 seconds, the drummer played as many notes as a normal song that we would listen to on the radio, on a playlist. It, 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 was, it was just condensed. Yes. That's fantastic. Well, we're, here at the Michael Channing Show, we're actually really glad we could bring you something today that makes you all want to quit. So, oh, thanks for that, Channing. You're welcome, children. <laughs> Stay at it. No joke. It, it, it's they're ridiculous. Is, All right, Michael. All right, okay. My my ooh ooh, have you heard? And this was kind of funny a while ago. I literally pulled it up uh, to get all my details, and I mentioned the name to uh, to Steve, and he literally named the song that I was going to uh, play today. We're just that connected. We're that connected, my friend. We're, we're that You're connected. holding hands. So right that now, that <laughs> that should tell everybody. How good this this artist and this song is. My ooh ooh, have you heard? Is Ingrid Andrus. Ah. If you haven't listened to her stuff, I'm telling you. I mean, it's it's again. Uh, it's one of those records that every song I listen to. I've listened to every song, top to bottom. Love them all. Uh, so, you know, both hands in the air. I say, please go check her out if you don't know who she is. But one song in particular, uh, is a song called "More Hearts Than Mine." And so as songwriters, I mean, the whole the whole thing about songwriting is to find that different thread to pull, that thing that's right. it's not too clever, but it's that, it, here's when you know you've written a brilliant song. When you write a song that all the other writers go, dang, that's been laying there on the table all this time, and none of us saw it and picked it up. It's so obvious, yet nobody pulled the string, and that's brilliant songwriting to yeah. me, and that's what this song does for me. Yeah, I feel like she un like unfolds this the especially the verse. Like you can listen to the verse. The chorus is is obviously brilliant, but I think if a thousand people listen to the song to the verse one, a thousand people have a clear picture of what it looks like for them to be in her story. It's really it's really good songwriting and it's engaging. The I think melody is super pleasing. Production's like scaled back but super rad. It's good, man. You, so you good. see it all in the I see it all in your head. Uh, her co-writer on it was Sam Ellis. So Ingrid and Sam Ellis, and so yeah, guys, check this one out. It's the high bar of songwriting. Uh, Channing brought you the high bar of note count. We're bringing you the, the high bar of songcraft at its finest. Yeah, if, if you want to be re- like, re- like reconfirmed that your songwriting sucks, just listen to Ingrid's record. So, yeah, you know what, guys? We're just here to serve. All right, more hearts than mine. Check it out. That's just magical. Well done, Steve. Did you catch? I think one of the coolest parts of the song is like the the last chorus when when she changes the lyric of the yeah. chorus yep. and about you know like her dad and like it's just it's like my dad will uh, lie and 
and, and say he never really liked you. Yep. It's just such a good, like, bring it home. Which is interesting because most of the time it's you break the rules if you change your courses. Like, sure. Like it's very, very rare that you flip your courses or anything. Yeah, unless it's like, you know, like intentional that every chorus is doing yep. that, right? And it, but, but it's perfect in this one. It's the best <laughs> call. Mm. Good ooh oohs. Great. Dirty, dirty Loops and Ingrid. Dirty and, Loops and Ingrid. And as uh, Channing's already said, make sure you go check out our uh, playlist on yep. Spotify and, and uh, uh, give it Facebook. A uh, yep. We will have, because this has turned into the ooh ooh, have you heard Smackdown? Smackdown. More than anything. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm telling you, you're going to get Smackdown. Once they hear Ingrid, Dirty Loops is just going to take it on Whatever. the chin. So <laughs> here's what we need. We need more than, we need an, we need an odd number of people <laughs> to vote. We usually have an even number. How is anyone so in control of that? Who's like, overseeing that process? Just, if, if you're that person, you're like, I could be that, I could be that person for you, Channing. I want you to, to do that. Okay. Because we've, we've tied the past few weeks. And so if you see it odd, just don't worry about voting at this point. I'm like, leave it. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so yeah, that's on our Facebook group. You can jump on there, the Michael Channing show, uh, and, and cast your vote, give it a listen, uh, follow the playlist. It's great. That's what we do. This is fun. I'm just glad to be back. Oh man. I'm just so sitting good. here, sitting here with glee. I think you guys are doing a great job. Thanks. Thanks. Oh, it's just cause Steve's in the room. It yeah. just, it feels even effervescent. better. It's effervescent. It's like spring flowers in here today. It's the Michael and Channing show new segment word of the day. Uh, brought to you by Michael. Yeah. Effervescent. Effervescent. <laughs> Ten bonus points. Growing up, I thought the, that word was effervescent. I thought there was a P. I also just, you know, uh, same lane here. Also thought, like when you watch an uh, episode of TV, like of a show, I thought it was episode, like an empanada. Like, a, like I thought there was a like a random M in there. So I was like, I'm going to watch an episode of this show. And I thought it was episode. See that episode? Yeah. <sighs> We need a segment called Ask Tony Wood. That's yes. what it is. Just Ask Tony Wood. Ew, that's a great segment. We talk, he, he's always on me because I, I, I quote Tony Wood so much because he, he just, he's brilliant. And, but it was more that he just has shaped so much of how I approach songwriting. But yes, there's usually a, a Tony Wood quote on here. And that would be a great segment. Ask actually. Tony Wood. We just call him or something. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, we can do that. That'd be fun. Okay. That's great. He's always down for it too. So, hey, I love I, it. This today, I am super excited about this conversation. We've we've discussed genres before and all of that, but specifically when I called Steve, I was like, "Hey, I want to I want to talk about you know bending genres, basically." And so I understand that our demographic, like the Michael and Channing show, is it's just it's a it's a we want it to be just this great platform for writing great songs, period. But I also am aware that a ton of people who listen to our podcast probably come from Worship World or CCM World, and that's great because I'm firmly in it. All of us at this table are firmly in it. But if I'm honest, if, if, uh, if well, I'm just bluntly going to say it, I have talked to more disgruntled worship leaders through you know the last 20 years or so who... Um, who, if they're, when they're really Can honest. Can you name some? Oh, yes. I'm, I'm <laughs> joking. Yeah. Uh, if they're, if they're being honest, they would tell you that it gets really old. And this is going to, ooh. It gets really old, that little box that we put them in. Sure. That said, you as a believer, you as a Christian, and you as a worship leader need to only write songs for the church. And I'll be honest, I kind of came out of a little bit of that, you know, back in the day. And uh, you, you, it goes from 
And on one side, I was actually very arrogant about it. I didn't want to write any other genres because the highest, you know, genre of music was worship music. And even had a, you know, 25 years ago, I'll confess, I even thought CCM was a lesser, you know, thing than, and, and it's just ridiculous. And you kind of mature and you grow up. But then in, 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 the, in the last number of years, I've started to discover uh, that if we truly are called to this thing of writing songs, then why? why would we ever think that God himself would give us this incredible gift or desire to create melody and lyric that matters and then say, Oh, I, I given you all this ability and all of this uh, desire and all of this, you know, platform, but I only want you to operate in a two inch square. Sure. And, and so it's, it's, I can tell you God didn't do that, but religion's done a really good job of trapping. I believe some of the most gifted and beautiful uh, potential songwriters there are out there in religious confines. And so I am in, I am off the top today saying by no means am I saying abandon what a lot of us are called to do. You couldn't no more abandon it than the man in the moon anyway. I mean, there's no way I'm never not going to write songs for the church to sing because I love the church. It's what I do. But today I hope maybe it's going to get us thinking a little bit about what it means to write outside of the genres we're used to, why we should, uh, how we should, and I have no idea really where this conversation goes today. But that's I, a load off because I don't either. <laughs> yeah, and so so you in particular though, uh, Steve, you and I connected what a couple years back yeah. at a Kingdom Songs event that we were hosting, and then then been around each other uh, recently quite a bit. And uh, yeah, and like I'm super grateful. Yeah, that's and awesome, and, and I love the I love it when you you deeply connect you know very quickly and you kind of go to some deep places. But uh, we've chased uh, worship stuff together but i also know i mean you got some you got some wild journey around you in the last couple of years you were recently on uh i'm gonna say it wrong song yeah songland songland yeah. i started to call it songtown you recently on songtown song yeah songtown next episode of songtown <laughs> so recently recently on songland not a worship song uh right. I, i've heard some you and jesse reeves are writing a ton of stuff together i've heard quite a few of the country things y'all been chasing so let me ask you this approaches okay establishing that we should all be doing this that there's no way in god's green earth that i would ever look at my two beautiful gifted daughters and go i you're incredibly gifted but i only want you to do this little thing so no more than i would do that would god do that and so that being said then you then you find yourself going what's you know what's the purpose of of us what's the purpose of me writing country music well for one it's very authentic to me. I really am a redneck from a hayfield in North Texas. Like, I, I, you know, I, okay, no lie. I lived in, I've lived in four mobile homes before I was 13. Like, I own sides of hayfields. I have literally done the whole farm I'm going to write that <laughs> yeah, down please. my next country yeah, song. Yes. So, I, like, I told somebody recently, uh, I said, all I got to do is sit around and just write songs about my, my Uncle Joe. And I've got country songs for for days, you know, so, sure. so I guess, you know, if you're like, okay, especially coming from a worship leader, CCM kind of thing, it's like, yeah, I think I want to write something else. I guess, first off, you would kind of want it to be authentic, right? I mean, sure. it, I'm not saying that you have to be from Texas and live in a hayfield, but it, it, at least that's me. What are your thoughts on that? Like, I, I mean, you're, like, you're not from a mobile home in a hayfield. No, I'm a You're punk. still writing country music. I'm a, yeah, I'm a punk from the south side of Chicago. I'm like the least qualified <laughs> to write country music, right? I love where this is going. But Go. like, and, and I haven't written a ton of country music. I think that I've written some really bad country songs, and I think I've written some that, that I can stand here and honestly say I'm proud of. Um, 
And it's a, it's a whole different thing to write a hit song and then have a hit song. Right. Because like you can write a song that's great, but there's so many steps in and like this magical thing that has to happen for your song to get into the hands of the person that's going to make it a, a, a radio hit or a commercial hit. Right. A lot of but layers. I'm, I'm really happy with the things that um, I've written so far. And I think I can write better ones in the future. And I want to. Um, and I would say the same exact thing about worship songs. And I'd say the same exact things about songs that are written specifically for television, film, sync, advertising, which I, I've also been fortunate to have a, um, the opportunity to write those as well. And so I just feel like if, like for me, I've written so many worship songs, right? And handfuls of them have been, you know, considered successful or people have sung them around, you know, the country and the world. But at some point, you're driving on this lane, right? Like this interstate of like, I know how to do this, or at least um, I've got a handle on what works for me and how I can serve the church with these songs. But it's just healthy to take an exit ramp at some point and say, what's over here? That's good. You know? Yeah. And to be like, I wonder, like, and when, when you do, you'll find genres of, of music that actually give you life when you write them, regardless if they're successful or not. They are successful because they blew some wind in your sails and they gave you a new creative energy to either write a, a yet another different genre or go back to worship and say, okay, now how can I serve the people that I've been entrusted to serve with, with new songs and new confessions to the Lord in the context of the church? Or what if I just wrote a song about the fact that I've lived in so many trailers before <laughs> I was, you know, 10 years old and like, what is, but like that's going to affect someone if that's done well, if you yeah. export that, from your life and in, in, in the form of great lyrics and a great song, it's going to find a home in someone's heart. And that's the, that's the point of what we're doing. Yeah. That's good. That's good stuff. I love the off ramp thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the disgruntledness I have felt with some worship pastors, especially is they know they can, they really desire to, but those confines keep them from taking the off ramps or the on ramps, whatever you want to call them. And I have said before, when you do though, when you decide to go there, it, it, it feeds the other stuff you always do. So like the, yeah. the more I press into a different language of a different genre, it has done nothing. It has never harmed that thing I've held precious for all those years. It's only added to it. Like once you start stretching the language, the communication barrier in a, in a different genre, sure. it's, it's, it's not, it's never going to harm. It's only going to broaden, you know, the, the, right. the, the, adeptness you have with the other thing that you're used to. So in your experience talking to some of these like worship people who have a hesitancy to, to, to like branch out or take the off ramp as we're talking about what, what do you feel their hang up is or what's the, what's the hesitancy? What's the speed bump that they're, that they're hanging on to going, ah, I don't, I don't know that I'm going to do that right now. I, I feel like it's straight religiosity. It's like, they've been told that anything outside of saying the name of Jesus is less than, you know, worth chasing. And, and the reality, or the reality, reality is nothing can be further from the the truth. It's right. it, it's like, dear Lord. I mean, think of the song. I mean, think of the songs that have moved you deeply outside of the genre of just worship or anything sure. else. It's like, well, the, oh, that's God's hand still. Like right. it's and so I think it's just a religious confines. Yeah, it's, it's the hard line of the sacred and the secular. Yeah, you know of that like. Well, it's interesting. That. Yeah, but it's interesting because those same people are going to get in their car and listen right. to the series yep. hits one or some country, you know what I mean? So it's like, I think for some folks, it's a fear of not being good at it. 
and be, just yeah. go ahead and believe it now you're not gonna be <laughs> like the best thing that maybe the most healthy practice of a, as a songwriter that you could do is go ahead and like just commit that tomorrow morning you're gonna write a really bad song that isn't about Jesus because it's not gonna be amazing because you just haven't done it's it bad before because it's not yeah, about like, Jesus right, right. that like I don't even know that I'm willing to have that conversation because that's ludicrous in my mind right so like I feel like if you can just start writing songs, like you're, you're gonna you're gonna write songs that aren't great, and the, and what? The, but that's a that's a healthy thing. And here's why it's healthy because it serves it serves you like a like a, a the the directory in the mall, right? It gives you the you are here. Like that's it. where you are, right? Yeah. So if like I want to write a song that I think some country artist would 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 cut, right? Usually your first attempt are so cliche and just like cringeworthy, right? Like so bad, but you are here, right? You're like stuck between Spencer's and JC Penny, right? So like <laughs> like that's where you are and that's fine. So now you kind of know, okay, this is this is where I'm at and I'm going to, you know, go ahead and hold this song open-handed and get some feedback from honest friends who if they're not honest, they'll be like, "Oh, I I love that. That's so good." They're wrong. It's not, you know, and that's fine. And so you know that I have to improve on that. And that's a, that's a healthy thing because if you don't want to like get better as a songwriter, please don't write songs, mm, yep. you know? And so I think that the, maybe the fear of being a bad songwriter is, is, is one of the things that hold people back. How many bad songs have I written this year, right? <laughs> I mean, I've written some good ones, but I've also written some really bad songs that I'm not going to even turn into my publisher because they're just that bad. It just didn't happen that day, right? And I think there's some songwriters that probably haven't written many bad songs this year. I aspire to be one of those songwriters. <laughs> but I, I feel like there's is just this opportunity for you to, to just take a shot, take a swing, man, and see where you are on the, on the mall directory. This is where I'm at when I try to write songs about whatever. But no, there's not many other people that can write a song about your, I mean, about your story. Yeah. And it's, it's going to find its home in someone's heart. Well, uh, two takeaways so far already would be take it from three worship leaders at a table with good authority. Jesus is really okay with you writing something that doesn't say his name all the time. Uh, we promise that's not blasphemous or sacrilegious. You're okay. He actually would probably like to hear something different from some Especially of us. Especially if, if you keep writing bad songs about him. He's like, write a bad song about something else, please. Just write, write a really bad song about your dog for once and save the good ones for me. Please. Uh, Takeaway number two. Thus saith the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Takeaway number two is, yes, it's not going to be very good at first. And be okay with that. Breathe a deep sigh of relief and go, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go chase film and TV songs. I'm going to go chase pop songs. I'm going to do whatever. I I chase country stuff because, again, I'm the redneck from a hayfield. But Jesus isn't mad about it. That's takeaway three though i've too i think what i'm hitting with steve so much too of the story yeah of, tell your story tell the story yeah tell your story yeah and i think one of the just in the context to put it in context of why it's it's wonderful to write a bad song is because i've never i've never mined for gold before but i imagine that those who have didn't find gold in their first shovelful. <laughs> Right. They have to put the shovel in the ground and start just throwing stuff out of the way. And those are the bad songs. If you're mining for gold in in your songwriting, just keep getting the bad stuff out of the way. That's good. That's good. (laughs) We've got gold, the mall directory, 
the off ramp. I love all of these. This is just so great. Captain you analogy. Should, <laughs> you should be a songwriter, Steve. You should really. I was like, this. now we need to we need to dig into what is the Spencers and the J.C. Penney of songwriting <laughs> <laughs> in that mall in the mall of songwriting. What is the Spencers? Are, are, is at some point you get good enough to be between like uh, you know, Banana Republic and Dillard's. Dillard's. Yeah. And by the way, our legal and standards department would like us to say that we think those are lovely stories. <laughs> We are not endorsed by any. <clears throat> That's good. Um, let me let me ask you this: as far as you know, what did it take? Maybe because you did have years of and still do, but years of writing songs that the church loves to sing. Um, and then all of a sudden, there was kind of a point where you went, you know what? I am going to chase some chase some other things, and you've alluded to some of it. But like, how hard of a shift was it to like? Yes, you started doing it and they were bad, but was like, how intentional did you get when you jumped into it? Was there like a super intentional marker for you where you went, by God, I'm going to do this? Or have you just kind of like eased into it? Um, That's a good question. Uh, As far as the country stuff, I didn't have like, like a, um, like a North star or even a, 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 viable opportunity to get a song cut. I didn't have anyone saying, if you write country songs, we'll listen. And I kind of still don't, but uh, <laughs> like I, uh, it was just an interest of mine and a love of mine. Cause I, I have, you know, there's, there's styles of country that I'm not super, you know, into, but I've, I've loved uh, the, the genre for decades. Right. Um, and I mean, I grew up with my dad playing, Alabama and Oak Ridge boys yeah. on the record play. Right. So like it's and Kenny Rogers and like, it's, it was like, it's part of, you know, I think my musical formation, if I can say it that way. Um, but it was definitely more of an interest and a curiosity more than, Hey, I'm, I think I have an outlet for this because yeah. I certainly didn't and only kind of still do, you know? So it's like, I don't, I don't know that, that, uh, that it was motivated by any sort of, if I do this, it will be successful. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's it's, potentially the best way to start writing a new genre. Just, is just, you just start swinging the bat. Just because you're interested. Yeah, just start taking reps at like, okay, I'm gonna write, write for this. And um, like when I wrote the song for Songland, it um or the, uh, when I wrote the song that eventually got I was going to ask you to tell the story. Land. Just tell well, no, it, it it was it was a song that I had written with uh with my buddy who's a who just celebrated his first number one country cut, Zachary Kale. Oh yes, he did with uh, uh, Abby, right? Yeah, with, uh, with Gab with Ga- uh, Gabby, yes, with right. Gabby Barrett. Yeah, the song I hope, which is an unbelievable song, and it's funny <laughs> and to tell Zach's story. Like they they set out to write this song about a good breakup. <laughs> Like I, you know, I've, I've heard him tell us. He I told, honestly wish you well. It's a songwriter night. Yeah, the songwriter okay. night yeah, kingdom songs. He told the story, and then and then they're like, that never happens. <laughs> like, and then it was the twist, and they're like, this is this is the moment of the song, right? Which is the moment of the song. So they just they uh, they really wrangled themselves a really great song. Um, Congrats, Zach. Yeah, man. And um, so we we wrote this song, and it was just from the 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 perspective of family and friendships that, that seem like family that are as or more important than family. Huh. You know, we've all, we've all had that, you know, it's, it's the, the, the family you're born into and the friendships that you choose that are family to you. And it was called same blood. And I, I, um, you know, we had written just a verse and a chorus of it together. 
uh, it didn't have any other, like is it, it was one verse and one chorus. And when Songland was taking submissions, I submitted it um, kind of a last minute. They're like, hey, you know, we, we we need some some songs for this episode that were kind of short on songs. And so we, I submitted it. And literally the next day I had a plane ticket to go out there and, <laughs> and, and be a part of the show. And they <laughs> loved the song. But when I wrote that with Zach, I didn't I didn't have an intent other than this is this is what I wanted to write about. And this is what Zach wanted to write about. And we wrote on literally on FaceTime, right? Like our whole like season we're going through of COVID, like we were right just right. doing Zoom stuff and, you know, Google Hangout stuff. We, we wrote it. I was out of town. We wrote it on just, for, you know, on screens together. Um, and fast forward, it was a, a, a cut that Aloe Black um, finished, you know, he and Shane McAnally finished the lyrics to it. And, um, and I, I didn't set out to have a pop music cut. That wasn't like, I'm writing this because I think that someone's going to hear it and, you know, cut it and, you know, in pop genre. Um, But it happened. And I think that's a motivation to just keep writing things that you feel like are important to you, regardless of the genre. And like, you can, you can write about, I mean, that's, look, I don't want to be like weird and spiritual, but like, that's a holy thing. It is the connectivity that God allows us to have with other humans. And that's his, that's his purpose. And that's his plan. It's like, it's, it's, it's loving each other to this degree that you want to write about it. Yeah. And no, I wasn't born into this family with you, but I've chosen you because I love you and you love me. And there's nothing that can disprove that. Right. Yeah. And so let's write about this fact that we, you know, no matter where we came from, we have the same blood and that's compelling. Mm-hmm. And if, 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 he, if I feel like, there's not really a, 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 a way if you're a worship leader or super uber Christian person to be like, that doesn't say Jesus. So it's not about Jesus. You're just wrong. <laughs> yes, it is. You know, the whole sac- the whole sacred versus secular discussion was really heavy a number of years ago, mm-hmm. uh, discussed and discussed and discussed. And I really am straight of the camp that says it's all sacred. If you, if you are truly a believer, if God himself resides in you, it's going to come out sacred period. Like there's just no way around it. So that's really when it started settling for me, like gave me permission to go chase a lot of other things. So earlier on, you know, in this podcast, I said, you know, find that, you know, the country thing feels very authentic to me, but then I go to New York and I go sit through five or six Broadway plays with my daughters, my wife. And it's like, crap, this is amazing. Yeah. And guess what now? I want to write a Broadway play. Right. And and, I, and I'm not talking about like one for Sunday morning church. I'm talking about one that like is for Broadway. Like, and right. so that's actually a pursuit. Yeah. So I guess I'm back, back pedaling a bit on my whole, I wasn't raised around Broadway. That's for sure. As a matter of fact, I was probably more raised around the fact that that was probably, you know, the devil's music. And so, you know, then you sit through it and you see this incredible craft of storytelling and you go, crap, I want to do that. And so on another episode, we'll talk about this grand idea I have called dear brother, John, but anyway, so I just, I think there's this release that says, go, go chase it all. Right. I Uh, I love that. I mean, I think the question potentially to pose is what if people who don't have a relationship with Jesus don't want to hear songs about Jesus? (laughs) because that that, right like 
What, what if that's true? We all know it is. <laughs> so what songs can you provide for them that would point them to this, this beating heart of a savior without saying, without just being too on the nose. That's a term we use a lot yeah. in songwriting is on the nose. Like, no, that's, it's just not like, that's, it's too ordinary. It's just too kind of mailed in. What, where, like, where are the songs that paint a picture of something that's attractive to someone who would never turn on Christian radio, doesn't care at all about worship songs? Where are those songs? And what if God put those songs in you to write? Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's, I hope more than anything, I mean, cause you know, we kind of know what we want to discuss, but then it always finds this little, you know, the bit of a the thread through it in the conclusion. If anything, I hope that this is a release for a bunch of people who just are on the bubble of, of what they should or shouldn't be writing. And we say, write it all. It's okay. Jesus is going to yeah. be really happy about it. Uh, I, so to put you on the spot, would you sing a little bit of the of the song that ended up on Songland? Can you do that? Uh, if blood? I can remember the words, all right. Maybe I'll pull, like call them up on my phone. But yeah, I could do that. All right, all right. We uh, yeah, let's do that. All right, here we, here we go. I, I will say this: the original version of the song went like this. Like the chorus just said, "We've got the same blood, the same blood. Stay by your side." It's ride or die. Oh, wait, no, I think it was three times. We got the same blood. We've got the same blood. We've, yeah, we've got the same blood. Stay by your side. It's ride or die. We've got the same blood. And Al was like, I love that, but I think it was, there can be more to it. And then he added these lyrics. Um, Ryan Tedder added the part that's, uh, that goes at the end. Uh, 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 We've got the same blood. That was him on the spot during the show. He's like, this is my idea. Uh, I was like, of, of course. course. Freaking brilliant. Um, uh, well, to be honest, he said, same. Like that. And then Aloe said, I think it's cooler if it's straight. Yeah. And then it kind of came to life. So it, it was like a legit, like, come together right. It was pretty great. Um, let's see if I can play it. Uh Alright, here we go. Three, four. We're the round toward the fire kind. We're the fearless on the front line. We're the never leave each other, always laying down the cover. Take a bullet for your brother kind. We're the heroes in the background. We're the brave who never back down. For the glory, for the honor, tell the story. When you're gone, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger now. Cause you and me, we are both soldiers Ain't coming back till it's over I'll carry you home on my shoulders We got the same blood And when the rain comes Walk through the same mud Stay by your side, it's right or die We got the same blood Doesn't matter where you came from when the day is done, we've got the same blood. That's fine. That's good. Dude, that's great. That's great. Seriously. I mean, first try. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. That's awesome. Okay, you, you said you'd never played that before, ever. It really has.
had it, man. I mean, I, I, on the show, I sang it, but I didn't have an instrument in my hand. So yeah, well, first time playing and singing. Dude, that's awesome. You know, now I know where I am on the directory <laughs> and how, like where I can improve. <laughs> well, you have, are here. We have got some great analogies dude, out of this today. That's great. I, I'm telling you, it's like, I've, I think I've said it before in other episodes of like just sitting here soaking, <laughs> you know, just from all of the the wisdom in this room too but i i i think the i'm an analogy guy steve too so awesome. i love okay. that those are just great too <laughs> just helpful in in thinking through i know for um for people in my camp too it's it's always like man how, how do you make it easier in a sense of of understanding and uh my question that i ask all the time though uh what would you tell 26 year old steve uh, when it comes to songwriting, uh, now having been in this game for a while now, what's well? What's some words? The one thing I'm certain of is that 26 year old Steve wouldn't give a crap about what anyone said, <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's I would I would I would implore 26 year old Steve to like take advice better than 26 year old mm. Steve took advice. Um, and 44 year old Steve <laughs> for that matter. No, I, um, man, I don't, that's a hard question to answer. And here's why is because I, I do feel like over the years and dare we say decades, I have got like wrapped my brain around like some decent songwriting practices. Um, but they're not rules by any stretch. And, there's like when I'm around 26 year old songwriters, I'm encouraged and I'm, I'm excited and I learn. And there's, you know, there's things that, I mean, if, if, if I could pull 26 year old Steve aside, I'd say write more songs, write more bad songs, because that means you're going to write more good songs. That's good. That's good. Um, and I'm like, I'm, I'm no more secure as a songwriter today at 44 <laughs> than I was at 26. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'm still plagued with insecurity, like crazy. I, I, you know, I posted, I said, do you ever feel insecure? You'd be a great songwriter, right? Cause I mean, it's just like, I don't know, man. Like, uh, I was, I was really hes hesitant as, um, in my twenties to play my music for people. Um, and it was in the context of like, you know, the, the, the world that I know, Michael, you grew up in was leading worship at church and then at, at, at conferences and yeah. whatever. And like those, in those environments, you tend to lean in toward songs that people already know because right. it's going to cause them to like kind of sign on faster and sing the songs instead of like, here's a bunch of new songs. I had a band with me that, that they sat me down. It was like a, a, a musical songwriter intervention. They said, we're going to quit your band, all of us, we're going to quit your, your band. And unless you start singing predominantly your songs, because we like yeah. your songs. And I was like, but my songs aren't as good as the ones that we've been leading. And they're like, well, no, it, they're not as known as the ones you've been leading, but they're That's yours. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think for anyone back to circle back to the conversation of like, if you believe that you're, that you're fashioned and created by God, then the songs in you matter. Mm -hmm. And 
the songs that you've written, good, bad, or ugly, you've already written them. And if anyone ever asked you what's the favorite song you've ever written, I believe your answer should always be the same thing, the next one. Don't know where we've heard that before. Mm, that's right. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and so like that's that's been my my philosophy. So if I was sitting in front of 26-year-old Steve, I would say, A, change your haircut and don't dye it platinum blonde. <laughs> Please God, for the love, change change that. Um, and I, there's 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 a reason you can't really find skinny jeans, right? In in the early two thousands. So like, don't go to Buckle and buy the girls ones. That's what that's what another thing I'd say to him, right? And so uh, it doesn't make you cool. It just makes you super weird. And I would just say keep 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 writing songs, but more so than that, believe that the, the songs. If you're writing them about the Lord and uh, for the church, uh, for people to, um, man, I th uh, you know, for, for, for people to hear the song and like import the song to their heart and say, yeah, that's what I want to say to and about God, then those songs matter and just believe in them, right? Mm. Um, and I don't know, there's so much I'd say to myself at 26. I think the, the, the byline on this podcast, though, is definitely going to be write more bad songs. Mm -hmm. That's just pretty great advice. Be willing to write the bad ones. So, man, that's a biggie. It's uh, have you ever have you guys ever written a song and it's not great, but there was a moment that you went back to that song and grabbed the one good nugget out of it and pulled it into the song you're writing now. And it was the key to make that song better. Yeah, it's almost like you're storing them up. There's yep. never, mm -hmm. I, I like to say there's no such thing as a wasted co-write or a wasted song attempt. There's, they're never wasted at very minimum in a bad co-write. You know that you probably don't need to write with that person anymore. And that's valuable information. That's, that's so great there's, information. There's ne <laughs> never wasted co-writes, never wasted song tries. And that's not a slight on that person. No, that's, that's understanding. I mean, there's, there's folks that I write with who are great but they embody some of the same, we've talked about this, yeah. they embody some of the same gifts that I do. So we don't really- Compliment. Go, yeah, we don't really get too far down the road on the things that that we're, we're not as proficient at or are our natural giftings. Yeah. Um, and so, and that's great. That's great info to carry yeah. with you as a songwriter. Dude, this has been so good. Thank you for coming out of quarantine and jumping back into mm -hmm. the relaunch after a four-week hiatus of the Michael and Channing show. Dude, seriously, this has been so good. Pleasure, dudes. Thanks. I even brought my own hand sanitizer. Yeah, so you're awesome. welcome to it if you'd like it. You actually left a bottle here last time. I think it's almost gone now. I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> that was probably worth $74,000. Uh, we hope you all have enjoyed this one. Go write great songs. And bad ones. And bad ones. And all kinds of songs. Just yep. don't rhyme strife and life. <laughs> or face and grace. Mm. We'll leave it there. <laughs> mm. Mm. That, that one could come back to bite you. <laughs> it will, trust me. We will see you next week. 